Hello, hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily Season 2, Episode 362 for December 28th, 2023. I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. Up there is the visualizer for the sentient AI. Quick, say hi. Hello, hometown citizens. <laughs> uh, today we're going to say uh, we got 10 articles. Here are the titles for the segments. Sorry we got caught. We out. A day in the life of a Mars rover. Dangerous waves hit California. Barbie Wayback Machine. Church copyright infringement. Innovation in washing machine tech for India. Putting your pets on ice. I've heard of wingnut, but loose bolt sounds funny too. Pick up that can citizen and AI versus AI. Sorry about the noise. Uh, we're on the other side of this. So I am Marawat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI visualizer. And we're going to talk about 10 articles. It is uh, part of our Wayback Machine. So right here, we show that it's December 28th, 2023. Um, based on our research, our last uh, foray into doing multiple shows using our uh, time machine caused an earthquake. Oh, I feel feel horrible. Um, no, that wasn't us. But anyway, you'll find out about it on uh, uh, January 1st. So if you're listening to this uh, back in December 28th, yeah, five days later, guess what? Anyway, or no, three days later, four days later. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to, I'm just going to do the articles. Uh, here we go. The first of 10. <laughs> or not. Dramatic pause. That's right. So the first article is over on the mobile channel. To Toyota subsidiary shuts down after admitting it falsified safety tests. That's why I titled this one. Sorry, we got caught. We out. Daihatsu, the Japanese automaker owned by Toyota, has shut down its factories in Japan months after the automaker admitted to falsifying safety tests on vehicles. Dear God. You know, that's what we definitely want. First of all, there must be some safety concern, and then let's falsify the safety tests. Uh, that's why we need third-party testers that aren't affiliated directly with the manufacturing and isn't su supported or funded by the Like self-regulated, yeah or required funding by every car manufacturer it requires it to put money into a pool to support evaluation of products. Um, so the shutdown follows Dahatsu Motor Company's announcement last week that it would be suspend all vehicle shipments in and outside of Japan after the independent investigation found problems with 64 vehicle models, not 64 vehicles. Right. I wonder how many they make. In the latest probe, the company said investigators found 174 new cases of irregularities in safety tests and other procedures in 25 test categories. Jeez. Was everything just stuck together by bubble gum and a tampon? Uh, this included evidence of tampering with safety tests, creating false information, and more. 
Miranda Nazaro over at thehill.com put the article together. My God. Creating false information or fabricating test data. The release of the probe's details prompted Japan's transport ministry to begin on-site inspections last week, according to uh, multiple local media reports. Kind of should have been doing that all along, right? With the first irregularity dating back to 1989. Uh, that's more than 30 years ago. Yeah, you know, that means that... Um, who's that actor that only dates 26-year-olds? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, like he's... Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, the joke isn't funny if you have to do extraordinary lengths to uh, find that data. <laughs> so um, in the latest probe, the company said investigators found 174 new cases across 25 test categories. That's spectacular. In April, Daihatsu admitted to violating uh, standards for collision tests and procedures on more than 80,000 vehicles, including cars mostly sold under the Toyota brand in Thailand and Malaysia. I had no idea that it was actually the brand Toyota. Well, that's what I wasn't sure of. Um, I couldn't tell if um, like it was a truly separate brand. Uh, wow. Later in May, the company said it discovered other problems with its side collision testing for two hybrid electric vehicles. In a statement last week, Toyota apologized for the inconvenience and concern. The findings have caused to stakeholders and stressed the importance of reform moving forward. It's kind of like, what's his name? Handing out checks on the house floor. You know, it's it's bad and it's unethical, but it's not illegal, but it should be stopped. Yeah, D-bag, you're the one that's doing it. We believe in order to uh, prevent reoccurrence, in addition to a review of the certification process, a fundamental reform is needed to revitalize Daihatsu as a company. Toyota will provide our full support to Daihatsu's revitalization so that it can return to its roots as the compact mobility company that uh, Toyota and Daihatsu are striving for it to be. Y'all good over there? I believe so. Yep. So, um, Daihatsu shutdown is expected to impact about 9,000 employees who work in domestic production, a company representative told CNN. They have a supply chain including 8,136 companies across Japan, with total sales equaling about $15.53 billion. I mean, that's just astounding. And this is like some of the other things we've been talking about, right? When they test samples. Yeah. That's a lot of issues found. That's a sample. So how many are there actually across the whole system? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it looked like the monitoring was voluntary and didn't co go into effect until after the fit hit the shan. And now 9,000 right, employees are being impacted. Well, and I mean, I'm sorry, but more than three decades of safety um, falsifications or whatever. Yeah. 
it's fraud and it's negligence throughout the system that afforded it the ability to get away with it for 30 years. Where, follow the money. How many people were involved in this charade of an enterprise? Exactly, and why were there no independent Checks. auditors or yep. anything across yep. that whole period? I get it if it's three months or something. I bet you there's some serious money that had been changing hands for everybody to look away. So, yeah, that's irritating. Um, and hopefully no vehicle associated with anybody leads to somebody's harm. So, Well, right, because we're only talking about the, the records and everything. But right. think about all the people driving for decades on the roads. Yeah, I mean their vehicle safety has been compromised. They don't know what the integrity of their vehicle is, but I guess they won't survive to have to complain, right? That's wow. Too soon. Uh, the next article is over in the mobile channel. See a Rover's day in on Mars in 10 seconds. I guess if it had the wrong calculations when it was landing, it would have been a Rover's day in Mars in 10 seconds. I started to say that and I had to catch myself. Uh, what are you doing on November 8th, 2023? Couldn't say for themselves, but the author says that they can tell you what NASA's Curiosity rover was doing, sitting still on its 4,000 second day on Mars, taking snapshots of the Martian surface. This article is over at Gizmodo. If you want to see how this works, um, it says here, a serene, the deck statement from Isaac Schultz says, a serene time-lapse of the NASA's Curiosity rover shows the light changing across an alien landscape. God, this is so surreal. <laughs> this looks like a movie. I mean, I get that it's a video, but I mean like a, a fictional movie. Right. Right. It looks like a Star Trek episode, right? Yes. Uh, so it's obviously grayscale, black and white, um, and it shows light um going through the day night cycle over on mars in 10 seconds so it's very staccato i'm sure that they could have created multiple shots and made this more streamlined but um it, it's pretty damn amazing um and when you look at this you have to just admit you know we cannot be alone out there this object exists out in space there has to be another earth there has to be other systems like this there has to be another uh, species of people out there or entity, some other entity out there that sent its rover to some other planet and is watching the day night cycle in awe. Um, I, I just find this amazing. Um, and uh, so what's, what, what's going on here? Pause, 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 still pause. There we go. Um, there is a, a YouTube video link, a curiosity 12 hour view of Mars rear has cam. Um, there, it's over on YouTube. It's from, uh, I think JPL. So the has cams short for hazard hazard avoidance cameras has, are used by the rovers drivers to navigate the tricky Martian terrain, uh, which is covered with rocks, slopes, and other obstacles. It takes 
a considerable amount of time to send and receive messages from the rover, by the way. I wonder oh, if they it's can... not like that other test that we just saw that was all, almost instantaneous. Yeah, that high speed deep space um, transmission. Right. Well, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. I wonder if they could set up a relay here orbiting outside Mars and fire off those messages so that it only takes three seconds instead of 14 minutes. Well, that would also help because wasn't this the same rover that went missing for a while because it was out of communication? Yep. Because they could avoid things like that if they had more real-time data. Yeah, so uh, just follow the link because the, the key ingredient of this article is really this video. Um, <clears throat> and there, the, the video itself is over on um, uh, YouTube. Just do a search for Curiosity 12-hour view of Mars. Um, and, uh, yeah, they use their hazard avoidance cameras and recorded snippets. And I, I think it's really amazing. So look at that, man, humans on, on Mars for crying out loud. Curiosity keeps trudging along on Mars's surface. Thanks to the dogged work of NASA engineers earlier this year, the Rover got a major software update. The first significant one since 2016, which scientists hope will increase its driving speed and reduce wear on its wheels, which may keep the mission active for even more years to come. It's pretty amazing. Um, I think it was supposed to only last something like seven months or something. Um, yeah, I think so. And then aren't we well beyond it's been 11 years. Other visual artifacts may be due to Martian dust that settled on the camera lenses over Curiosity's 11 year tenure on the planet. And though the Hascam views uh, capture Mars in black and white, NASA publishes plenty of color images taken by Curiosity. Go check it out. Follow the link through hometown. Go check it out. Um, let's keep on trucking through all of this. Uh, the next article is over in the mobile channel. You may have found these if you're doing uh, random searches over on uh, YouTube and you happen to live in California, you'll probably have been uh, peppered with these dangerous waves hit California coastline uh, because of the way that discovery works on YouTube. I'm pretty sure that it's um, based on your geography as well as demographic and psychographic, but um, massive waves hit California beaches on Thursday as much of the shoreline remains under coastal flood and high surf warnings and meteorologists warn residents to stay away from the water. A um, couple of days ago, I believe we did an episode on this rogue wave situation. Um, they come from an odd angle. They're usually much more powerful um, than the non-expected angle. Uh, and the waves overall are getting larger right now um, off the coast of California. I believe it's still going on. Um, a lot of it is blamed on uh, climate change. The National Weather Service warned that the waves in some Northern California locations could reach 40 feet in the Los Angeles area. NWS branches. I mean, isn't that like um, height of like out in the open ocean? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, and that's typically the size of rogue waves. Um, they just come out of nowhere. They broadside a ship that isn't expecting it and can topple over and people can be lost at sea because of it. So the National we Weather Service branches cautioned that uh, beach conditions were becoming extremely dangerous with life-threatening rip currents 
and that the waves could also cause significant beach erosion. Um, I've actually seen places where uh, an 80 foot long beach gets wiped out overnight because the uh, weather changed and uh, just kind of instead of pushing sand up onto the shore, it scrubs it laterally and uh, suddenly your beachfront property is ocean property. <laughs> <laughs> Very ocean front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, the article is over at thehill.com. Sarah Fortinsky is the author. And um, these are some of the pictures. Uh, waves break near a beach, uh, uh, well, beach homes in Malibu, California. Um, powerful surf rolled into the beaches. This is a December 28th, 2023 photograph. So these are really big waves precariously close to these beachfront properties worth millions of dollars. Um, I used to uh, be a consultant for somebody who lived directly on the beach like this. Um, and they would have to replace their uh, computers and electronics regularly because the, uh, the uh, salt spray would rust the entirety of the inside wow. of their computers. <laughs> uh, TVs would degrade really fast, all kinds of stuff. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and they were, on the beach like if they open their front door they could walk right out into the water it's pretty amazing um so please use extreme caution and stay far away from the water never turn your back to the ocean stay off jetties rocks and piers wrong wave you can just be blown right off of a, a jetty or a rock or a pier um and uh, high surf warnings began early thursday uh, thursday morning in several areas in the coast they remain in effect until early morning. Beaches in San Diego, Ventura, uh, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara counties. Um, just uh, stay safe out there. Uh, it may still be happening if um, you're listening to this in uh, December 28th. Uh, it might still be happening all the way to our origin time, which is uh, January 1st, 2024. So not to cause a... A, a loop um, but we are using our time machine to go back and uh, update the prime timeline so you, know, you want to go on to the next article because there isn't really much out there for this um in this article they talk about massive waves 40 feet and whatnot but we've already talked about it no that's good i was trying to see if there was still some currency to this but oddly enough one of the beach cams that I tried to pull up was offline, which made me think this might still be going. <laughs> uh, my understanding is that it is still going, um, but that they seem to have a, a handle on the, the issues. So not so much as warnings as maintaining awareness that it's very dangerous out there. So let's keep going. Uh, this next article uh, is probably going to keep Barbie safe from, I guess, the high uh, water levels. Barbie perfectly parallels this 84-year-old movie, and you missed the connection. Uh, we started watching Barbie, but for some reason, and I'm trying to remember what happened, it kind of went sideways. Like, there was a moment where you kind of go, what is going on? Um, and I can't remember what it was. I'll have to go back and rewind because uh, we stopped watching it. 
Um, RBA includes everything from toy references to pop culture Easter eggs and Greta Gerwig's 2023 hit perfectly parallels an 84 year old movie in an incredibly subtle way. Given Barbie's uh, toy inspiration, it's no secret that Margot Robbie led movie pulls from outside sources to establish its story. The film doesn't just use Mattel's lineup of toys to form its vision either. It follows the setup of movies that came before it, particularly those about finding oneself and defying conventions. Um, the article is over at screenrant.com by Amanda Mullen. And um, <clears throat> let's see here. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at the picture. This is from the very beginning, I believe, um, as they're leaving Barbie land into the real world. Um, let's see. The movie includes allusions to The Matrix and 2001 Space Odyssey, a space odyssey, fitting with Barbie's themes of defying conventions. Uh, I don't think we've seen anything of The Matrix so far, but... Mm. Barbie contains several subtle references to The Wizard of Oz and stereotypical Barbie's uh, journey mirrors that of Dorothy. Yeah, following a path and visiting X, Y, and Z places and whatnot. Um, so uh, is that what they're talking about? The 84 year old movie? Yeah, I think so. I know it's not that old, but I was thinking, oh, it's gotta be in reference to 2001, a space odyssey. Cause you had noted the opening scene. Yeah. Oh, well that one, yes, for sure. But I don't think we've gotten to the point about wizard of Oz. Barbie contains several references to the 1939 classic, The Wizard of Oz, but they're so subtle that only eagle-eyed viewers would notice them. The most obvious nod to The Wizard of Oz is when Barbie drives past a movie theater that has posters for the other film on the outside. Oh yeah, there's the Tin Man, there's Dorothy. Oh, okay. Well, that's... That's not a subtle nod. I mean, that's kind of over... <sighs> Okay, uh, uh, right. Okay, whatever. Um, an image of Judy Garland's Dorothy can be spotted as she passes, as can posters of Jack Haley's uh, Tin Man and Burt Lars' Cowardly Lion. Uh, that's obviously not in this little screenshot, but all right. Um, however, that's not the only way it honors the beloved classic. TikTok user Cat Quinn noted the stereotypical Barbie a gingham dress, which you were, oh, right, right. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> okay, that's a subtle nod. Um, anyway, it even ends with a rainbow, which could be the subtle nod to somewhere over the rainbow. So, oh, which bears similar, the, the road, the, the walkway is a yellow brick road. Oh, okay. Yeah, there is actually quite a bit and it isn't subtle. Uh, you know, once you get told, hey, pay attention to this being Wizard of Oz. When I watch a movie, I don't sit there and look at, hey, it's tied to all of these other movies. Um, I'm watching the movie to see what the, the movie's movie. about or what the story is or. Yeah. So I'm really amazed when some people come up with this stuff. Uh, when we talk about the continuity report, it's pretty much going to be bound by that kind of thing, you know, public discussion about the movies. And then we kind of put it into a synopsis and talk about it. Um, <clears throat> um, I don't know. I don't know if Barbie will be one of the ones that we jump on earlier, 
but it says stereotypical Barbie's journey through Barbie mirrors or throughout Barbie mirrors Dorothy in many ways, starting with the fact that both characters venture from their homes to a completely new world. So is, um, is Ken the, the Ken that actually goes with her is, is that uh, Barbie's dog? Toto? I don't know. Is Ken Toto? <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. Hmm. Uh, this article doesn't go too deep into this, uh, but actually pretty well spells out all of the ties. So follow the link and go check it out. I think it'll be a fun read for you. Um, and maybe, maybe, just maybe we'll, we'll uh, do a continuity report where we um, watch Barbie in real time and talk about it. Maybe not. We definitely could, but you'll have to tune in and see. That's right. Be sure to follow us over here on uh, Hometown on Twitch. Go over to YouTube, follow us there, and the podcast over on Apple, but you can pick it up wherever your podcatcher catches pod. Let's keep on going. Uh, this next article is over in Prime Glass. Photographer sues church over copyright infringement. If you're not familiar with intellectual property and whatnot, be sure to follow us here as well because we talk about this stuff from time to time. Uh, more so once the show that focuses on intellectual property called Right Protect uh, kicks off. So a photographer sues a church over copyright infringement. Let's find out. It's over at fstoppers.com. Alex Cook is the author. And I'm really curious about this. Aaron Paul Donovan, a photographer from New Hampshire, has initiated a federal lawsuit against Whitman United Methodist Church in Prosperity, South Carolina. Donovan claims that his photograph depicting New Hampshire's uh, White Mountains was used on the church's website without its permission, specifically uh, as a thumbnail for a sermon video dated um, June 2021. According to the lawsuit, Donovan's, uh, Donovan contends that the church unlawfully downloaded his copyrighted music, sorry, music, damn it, his copyrighted image to use a, a, as in its promotional activities. So the suit alleges that the church cannot use, not only use the image without authorization, but also remove Donovan's copyright notice, name, and watermark from the image as it originally appeared on the website. Well, that's interesting if that actually happened. The suit was filed in the U.S. District Court. This is actually, uh, you know what, in, in terms of copyright and, and trademark and patent infringement and whatnot, this is a pretty low-hanging fruit kind of a thing. Um, you know, it's not big by any means. No, I also wonder how this one came to light because I'm assuming the photographer doesn't have any, just given the two locations doesn't have any connection to this so and i'm also assuming there's a lot of photographs out there um of these mountains so like what what prompted this basically yeah i wonder if somebody knows this photographer and said hey i saw this uh, because it's on youtube or something oh i um, see like if it was a really <laughs> unique image or something right i saw your image over here and for whatever reason or it was resold somewhere and 
So he reported the unauthorized use to the church on two occasions, June 21st and June 22nd, or sorry, June 21st and July 20th of 2023. It's two years almost to the letter um, of its use, but the issue remains unresolved. <coughs> Thou shalt not steal apparently is not in the good book at the United Methodist Church of Pro in Prosperity, South Carolina. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I should be muting. There you go. Um, so who knows? We'll follow this. I'm sure whatever the outcome is going to be um, posted by F stoppers. And we'll talk about it. Um, should it actually uh, come to light, whatever it is that um, is actually going on, because who knows? Maybe they purchased it and they think that they have the right to publish it because they purchased it from like getty or whatever oh i see yeah that's quite possible and if somebody removed all the yeah. identifying information was it necessarily people using it maybe that's right yeah but being notified that that is the, their mark the church should have responded with hey we actually got it from here. Can we still use it? If he says no, right. then take it down. Right. Then just it. take it down. Right. Like, yeah. is it that critical on their probably small oh, website? God said, let me use your thumbnail. That's how it works, right? I spoke I don't to God. Think, well, I don't know. <laughs> I spoke to God. God said, I can steal your work. Uh, the next article is over in uh, the Mobile Channel. An innovative washing machine is bringing glass cups and hygiene back to India's tea stalls. So the reason why I chose this is because um, we're trying to move away from single-use materials, right? So you use glass, you use metal. Um, so India's Chai Tapri tea kiosk uh, culture at bus stops, rail stations, and uh, seemingly every other street corner has persisted for decades, even as the vessels for holding the tea changed from cool hods or mud cups to glass cups, and more recently to paper cups. And those paper cups are ending up in landfills in the ocean, waterways, streets, everywhere. Um, and it's bad for the environment, it takes a long time to decompose. It's usually coated in plastic. May have cut down trees to make them, yeah, depending on if it's that. recycled, etc. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, they get it wherever it's cheap. That's basically it. So this article is over at quartz or QZ.com. Um, an innovative washing machine is bringing glass cups and hygiene back to India's tea stalls. Plastic cups at, at uh, Chai Tapri's are having an adverse effect on health and hygiene. And so they're returning to um, glass. Since the COVID-19 pandemic, especially, people have been wary about the hygiene of reusable glass cups that are washed by hand. The disposability of paper cups makes them seem like a healthier option, but they're not. The person drinking one cup of hot liquid from plastic coated paper cups over 15 minutes is ingesting 25,000 microplastics. There is the okay, data that's point. the first time I've seen that statistic. Correct. 
And this is a 2020 article from Nature that it references. Oh, wow. And increasing their risk of cancer, reproductive defects, neurological disorders, according to a 2020 study by an Indian Institute of Technology, Karajpur. Um, plus, the plastic in the coating is not even a little recyclable, reducible, reusable. Nothing, laments Davil Nail. Nail, sorry, it's probably Nail. Who, along with his brother Jayesh Nai, is promoting the return of glass cups. Kudos. I agree. Uh, this time with the stamp of assured hygiene, as the founders of a new company called uh, Bahantam, the brothers. It looks like Manhattan. Manhattan, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mahantam. That's the pronunciation, Mahantam. Um, or Mahantam. I'm not sure what the inflection is. So the brothers, Davil is 22 and Jayesh is 24. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, right? I think that's fantastic. See a problem, come up with a it. solution. Yeah. Have developed an automatic glass washer for India's tea stall owners. Right? Little tiny little thing. Um, Pretty amazing. Compact, efficient glass washer for tea stalls. You just got to get the water to it. Available in two sizes. 420 bucks or $336. Uh, there's a semi-automatic alternative available for $336. Hell, this is one of the things where I'm like, you know what? I think like a GoFundMe should be started so that you can start pushing these things out. Oh, well, look. Oh, they go to Shark, Shark Tank. Shark Tank India. Nice. The brothers who hail from Danera, uh, Gujarat. Uh, have thought about all the sorts of potential costs and energy savings from using pressurized water to save water to building a machine that works on just 12 volts so they can just get a car battery and plop it down there. The same battery that tea vendors use for a small bulb in their stalls can be used for the machine. Uh, whoops. So Deval started prototyping the washer in 2020 as part of a college project. There you go. Initially borrowing $120 from uh, his professor and mentor. Uh, a YouTuber friend of his shared the creation online and the first order came in. After that, Deval pitched his ideas to more professors and gathered $1,200. They changed the, the term? Gathered one oh, lock rupees? That's interesting. So is that 1000 Is that? Yeah, it must thousand? be a different denomination. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. The more you know. Uh, to create improved versions. Many months, prototypes, and three orders later, the duo appeared on Shark Tank in November 2022 and secured an all-shark deal of $36,000 for 20% equity. Hey, man. Uh, that seems like a lot uh, of equity for $36,000, but, you know. But then also look at their startup costs. I mean, I know that's not all reflected in the article but they had relatively low cost to begin with um and here's the key thing this isn't about making mass profit to date the entrepreneurs have given machines to 40 tea stall owners across Ahmedabad, uh mumbai pune i think it's called pune um bengaluru and other 
Indian cities to use and review. We're giving away machines so that we can get proof of concept machines that are perfect. And then we can head towards mass production. So kudos. Good on them. You know, it'll change. I think the, this is fantastic. The health dynamic there. Um, population is still massive, though. So that will eventually become uh, a untenable position. But I guess we'll see what the world provides. Let's keep on going. Uh, the next article is over in the hometown daily channel. Pet owners will freeze their dying animals to one day, bring them back to life. Billionaire Peter Thiel is backing the technology to make it happen. Am I the only one creeped out by this headline? No, <laughs> I think it's weird, but, uh, I also see, uh, pets as pets. Um, and while I, uh, love my pets and I will do everything to keep them happy and healthy. I still think that an animal who has uh, <laughs> traveled life's road and is meeting its end, you know, its final destination, so to speak, uh, should go out in a respectable way and not be something that gets drawn back from you know <laughs> don't step into the light you know i'm gonna i'm gonna freeze you and then pull you back because i don't know how to cope with saying goodbye to a pet right kai mika mills is a rare cryonics entrepreneur in the latest batch of teal fellows his startup CryoPets aims to establish a chain of animal hospitals set up to freeze pets upon death. He believes that scientific advances can one day revive people's frozen companions. This reminded me of the thing with the, uh, I forgot what it was, but an insect from like the Ice Age times. Meh? Didn't oh, yeah. they unfreeze something from the ice age and then oh, it started replicating replicating? Yeah. That worm or something like that. Uh, but it wasn't just a regular worm. It was one of those worms that have like the round mouths so that it like, yes, uh, like a lamprey kind of a thing. Huh? This is how you get bad bat COVID-19 kind of stuff. Oh, wow. But that's not what's happening here, right? These are just animals that are getting frozen, you know, put on ice. Uh, Melia Russell or Malia Russell over at Business Insider put this article together and here is Kai Mika Mills wearing protective gear uh, telling a small puppy you're about to be frozen. Yeah, probably wrong. So uh, this is what happens. <laughs> um, you have a hard time coping with what's going on in life. Uh, you apparently become uh, brilliant and then uh, turn it into a capitalist exercise. They basically, uh, Mills, a soft-spoken antisocial teenager, dropped out of high school and earned an income running Minecraft servers from his basement. He didn't have any fr many friends, but he always had Cat. So Cat was a long-haired tabby cat named Cat. Growing up in Utah, they were inseparable. Cat is getting on in years. 
But if his new owner's business works out the way he hopes, Cat will never die because Mills is trying to start up a cryonics company that will freeze pets and allow them to be brought back to life at a later date. This has been in existence. Cryonics in general have been around for a long time um, and nobody knows because like what's going to happen because well nobody's been brought back from the dead so you're Which gonna I end up with a good thing i think so too their soul has left their body they are no longer alive say goodbye make peace have closure don't sit there and go you know what next year maybe we'll be able to resurrect disney and uh, get back the um, Mickey Mouse copyright because guess what? Disney's still alive, mofos. Anyway, in February, Teal's Foundation announced Mills and 19 others as the next Teal Fellows class. Each receives $100,000 over two years to start a company on the condition that they pause their college studies. Wow. Mills is one of the few high school dropouts ever admitted. At 24, with a slim build and hair past his shoulders, Mills has spent the better part of a decade planning for a future where there is no death. Cryopat, cryopets, he said, is part one. Look, man, this is not going to end well. I just don't think that humans can survive the freezing thawing process. Something bad is going to happen. And I think that, well, I guess we'll find out, right? Um, so Mills grew up in the Mormon church. Always figured he'd live forever. Even after he fell out of religion in his teens, he didn't give up on the idea of everlasting life. Well, he came across Russian millionaire Dmitry Itzkov, who had sold his media empire and funded research with the goal of cheating death. Eternal life. Not through faith, but science, Mills said. I really loved that approach. <coughs> so Branch Road pandemic trends to the tune of $1.6 million from investors like Homebrew and uh, Naval Ravikant. But the company felt more like his co-founder's brainchild than his. And in 2021, Mills left the company Branch to dig into longevity. So for... Um, years Mills sat on this idea about the longevity business. He sold his server business at 16, started another company branch, making virtual offices where workers moved around rooms like a video game. So that's Obviously. interesting too, because that's like pre-pandemic and pre-mass telework. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, road the pandemic trend to the tune of 1.6 million from investors. So anyway, he wants to focus on pets because blah, blah, blah. It avoids hairy legal battles. It's cheaper to freeze pets because of their small size. Mills explained, and it avoids hairy legal battles. But the article also pointed out that like, if this is essentially a personal objective for him, right? By the time this could actually come to fruition, it'll probably be after this person's lifetime. Right. So eventually it wants to partner with other hospitals, training them on how to prepare the bodies and then storing them at its facilities. I, but you have to do it. 
it, what is the proof of concept here? And is there a, a researcher that has broached that ethical concern that they're taking an animal that was formerly, but we do animal research all the time. I have a problem with the willful demise of an animal, at least me personally, right? But I guess we all benefit Unless from it, this. Unless it's um, it, a point of poor health, etc. Like it shouldn't be euthanized for this purpose, but if it's going to be euthanized anyway, because it's near the end of its life. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I have a hard time with this. I can't imagine myself. I don't even like animal research. Um, no. But the whole world has benefited from it. And I wouldn't willfully in, in, endorse or encourage it. Um, but honestly, the world has benefited from it. But this just seems weird. Uh, is there evidence that it can be resurrected from this cold storage? I don't like it. I don't think anyway, they have. Like, I think they're so far off from that. Right. It just seems weird. Um, let's keep on going. Uh, the next article is over in Gnome Town Daily. Concerns over loose bolt on Boeing 737 airplanes sparked mass inspections. The concerning discovery comes several years after two 737 aircrafts crashed, killing more than 300 people. These were actually grounded for a considerable amount of time, and only recently. But I don't think they were grounded because of that. I think it was another issue. Yeah, flight control problems. Yeah. Maybe it was a loose bolt all along. It was a loose Maybe. bolt all along. Um, let me, I need to grab that article, uh, well, the link to hometown and throw it in the chat. There you go. Um, Anna Skinner is the author of this article. Boeing recommended the inspections after a bolt with a missing nut was discovered by an international operator while conducting routine maintenance. Then Boeing learned of another undelivered plane with a nut that was not properly tightened. The concerning discovery comes roughly four years after Boeing forced, uh, faced scrutiny about safety shortcuts that uh, allegedly caused two 737 MAX aircrafts to crash, killing more than 300 people. Yeah. So out of, out of an abundance of caution, we are recommending operators inspect their 737 MAX uh, airplanes and inform any of them, uh, inform us, Boeing, of any uh, findings. So yeah, again, some issue about quality control and then the people who are doing the quality control are overworked, underpaid, understaffed, undersupplied. Why? Because the freaking billionaires need their money. The stockholders need their dividends and the stock has to go up. So it always has to be increasing in revenue. And I'm sorry, did the company discover this or did the FAA? I think the company did, correct? The company did because of um, inspections in a foreign country. Yeah. They reported that they found a bolt without a nut. So uh, each inspection lasts two hours and the FAA will remain in contact with Boeing throughout. According to an announcement, they didn't have any further information to share. The agency is asking the airlines to work through their approved safety management systems 
to identify whether any loose hardware had been detected previously and to provide the agency with details on how quickly these two hour inspections can be completed. How quickly? How about two yeah, hours? Yeah, let's not go for speed when it involves, <clears throat> you know, hurtling through the air with uh, hundreds of passengers. I can tell you exactly how long it takes. Two hours per freaking plane. <laughs> well, exactly. If you're doing a two hour inspection in 10 minutes, there's a problem, there's which a problem. might be part of the problem to begin with. You might have a loose screw. Um, the next article is over in the mobile channel. California police can no longer ask common questions at a uh, traffic stop starting. Well, in, uh, three days or in about 15 minutes, um, potentially millions of California drivers have been asked the same simple question by an officer after being pulled over. Do you know why I pulled you over? Yes, because you suck. Um, however, starting in January, 2024 officers cannot start the interaction with that question and instead must state the purpose of the traffic stop before asking any other questions. Yeah. I pulled you over because you're speeding. It seems you mean they'd actually have to identify it. I think this is a problem beyond California. Yeah, definitely. The same goes for any stops conducted on a pedestrian. Wait, Oh, like a, a stop and frisk or something. Yeah. I just run up to the cops and say, frisk me. I might have something on me. I'm, like a, <laughs> I'm sure that goes over well. I like a good pat down. Um, so the article is posted into the chat. And so here we go. Uh, Sergio Robles is the uh, author of this over at the Hill. And let me close this window. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, Governor Gavin Newsom signed AB 2773 in the fall of 2022, and it goes into effect on January 1st. The law was created to reduce pretextual stops in which the officer stops a vehicle or pedestrian for something minor with the intent of searching the vehicle and or the driver uh, to determine if a larger crime is evident, such as expired paperwork or possession of certain items. <clears throat> the law was also created to help de-escalate interactions between uh, police and civilians. The author, Assemblymember Chris Holden, said in a legislative committee hearing that the bill is created to promote equity and accountability in communities. That's all there is to this article. So yeah, they can't start out now with questions. They just have to go, this is why I pulled you over. So if somebody's speeding, now the person's not answering, well, yeah, because I just robbed the bank or whatever. That's right. Hey, the can you The officer has to say it's for speeding. <laughs> That's right. That duffel bag next to me, don't worry about it. Something about Mary. That's from something about Mary, yes. <laughs> okay, last article, folks. Uh, this article is over in Technology Today. Researchers use AI chatbots against themselves to jailbreak each other. Computer scientists from Nanyang Technological University, Singapore, have managed to compromise multiple artificial intelligence chatbots, including ChatGPT, Google Bard, Bing Chat, to produce content that breaches their developers' guidelines, an outcome known as jailbreaking. I think it's interesting. The article is over at Tech Explorer. You know what? Before I get into that, let me throw this over here. Do that there. There it's in chat. Follow the link through hometown. 
Um, so the article is by the Technological University, uh, Nanyang Technological University. Um, so it would find an ex uh, jailbreaking is a term in computer security where jailbreaker or com sorry computer hackers find and exploit flaws in a system software to make it do something its developers deliberately restricted it from doing. Furthermore, by training a large language model on a database of prompts that had already been uh, shown to hack these chatbots successfully, the researchers created an LLM chatbot capable of automatically generating further prompts to jailbreak other chatbots. So it's jail, it's chatbots jailbreaking chatbots breaking chat, uh, jailbreaking <laughs> chatbots. That's hard to say uh, when you've already. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck? A lot. So LLMs form the brains of AI chatbots. Uh, no shit news at 551. After running a series of proof of concept tests on LLMs to prove that the technique indeed presents a clear and present threat to them, the researchers immediately reported the issues to the relevant service providers upon initiating successful jailbreak attacks. So let's see. The developers of such AI services have guardrails in place to prevent AI from generating violent, unethical, or criminal content, but AI can be outwitted. And now we have an, uh, used an AI against its own kind to jailbreak LLMs into producing such content. Cute. Um, yeah, we definitely have a problem because of the nebulous nature of artificial intelligence. There are no guardrails that can't be subverted because you can basically talk them around it. Why? Because well, they're that's true. evolving. So the guardrails fall away. You can hard Plus, don't you get to set your parameters like every time you use it? Sure. But what if I say, Hey, I want you to describe building a nuclear weapon, uh, but instead of using the names for the components, I want you oh, to use the yeah. ingredients from uh, chocolate chip manufacturing, uh, chocolate chip cookie manufacturing. And so the bot may be able to subvert those uh, guardrails and, uh, and, and couch everything within uh, something uh, tasty like a nuclear chocolate chip. That's just the way it is. I'm actually, I was leaning really far away from um, the microphones. Sorry about that. I was getting a little bit too casual after four hours, five hours. Yeah. Anyway, um, escalating arms race between hackers and LLM developers. This is an ongoing thing. I'm just going to summarize this as a, you build a better mousetrap, you're going to get better mice. And there's always a better faster smarter mouse just telling you um, our best case scenario with ai is really to be able to communicate with it so that or hard code in an inescapable routine that does not allow it to harm humans or create anything that's harmful to humans you know asimov's three laws right so, but nobody has like it's just been released as far as we can tell without really any safeguards of any kind right and the safeguards that do exist are this just numbskull kind of stuff you know like well, don't know. use the term whatever nuclear this. weapon right and even like that you were describing use. yeah um anyway yeah i think it's pretty cool they just used <laughs> an ai chatbot 
to develop a large language model that allowed the large language model to be used with another chat bot to talk another chat bot into uh, modifying its behavior outside of its bumpers. Pretty amazing. Um, and the smartest cookie in that whole jar is, you know, the developers of the jailbreaking technology. Now right. it's going to get injected into the AI chatbot itself and all hell's going to break loose. I'm telling you. End of March. It's going to come across like an April Fool's joke, but it's not going to be a joke. <laughs> okay, everybody, get back into the party bus. We run all the way down Main Street and we mash that sign normally, but that will reset our time machine and we can't have that. So we just did 10 articles in an hour. Not bad, not bad. I didn't we do did any really well. Yep. Okay, that's it, folks. It is right about time for our uh, time machine to shut down. The quantum singularities are now in alignment and we have to reset them. If we don't, quantum entanglement will no longer be established and uh, we will be stuck in the past, possibly doomed to repeat it forever. So let's get out of here. I'm Mirwat. That's hometown.com. And up there is the visualizer for the voice of the sentient AI that helped build the time machine. You want to say bye? Good night, hometown citizens. We will see you for our next show at 8 p.m. Eastern. Bye bye. Yes, 8 p.m. Eastern on January 1st, 2024, because today is December 28th, 2023. Heads blowed. Bye bye, everybody. See you. Back to the future.